Welcome back. BetMGM The Night continues here on a Tuesday night. Some Major League Baseball action in progress. We got PJs, Orioles up 3-1 to one right now on Toronto. Blue Jays again have a runner on, but two outs. Bradish dealing the night through 71 pitches. Has only given up one earned run. So we'll keep you updated there. It's Ryan Horvath. It's Trista Crick. It's PJ Glasser coming up this hour. This segment, we're going to talk Kirk Cousins, his touchdown prop. Passing touchdowns, 31 and a half, minus 115 to the over, minus 115 to the under. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, the Braves and the Red Sox tied at four, Atlanta and Boston. It's minus 115 both ways. The total's 12 and a half. When we come back, I am going to probably have to go out live to hear Charlie Morton hopefully go back out there. He's through 55 pitches. He's given up four earned runs. Um, I need one more strikeout, so hopefully he doesn't get pulled because Rich Hill did get pulled after giving up yes, four earned runs, but he's also 65 years old. Uh, also, right now, the Guardians up 2-0 on the Tigers. That seemed like a good bet. Probably should have went with that rather than the Blue Jays, who are down 3-1. to uh, We both really like Texas. For some reason, I didn't take Texas. They're up 3 nothing right now on the Astros. Perez is dealing. The Blue Jays. I'm sorry, the Blue Jays. Uh, the Rays are down one nothing to the Brewers. Freddie Peralta on the mound. The Brewers are minus 350 favorites. Total 7.5. Cubs and Nats tied up at 1. The Nats actually went up early in that game, one nothing. Cubs come back to tie it up in the bottom of the second. And then the Reds and the Mets still scoreless in that game. Total all the way down to six and a half. Reds still plus 225 dogs. The Mets at home, minus 250 favorites right now with Carrasco dealing through 29 pitches. Uh, top of the third there. Cardinals, Rockies coming up right now. Pirates, Diamondbacks. We've given out our plays for those games. So let's talk some Kirk Cousins. Mm. I really like the Minnesota Vikings. I went over on their win total. It pained me to do so as a Packer fan. What would you do with Kirk Cousins this year, though? You know, it's interesting. I, uh... I go up and down or in and out with Kirk Cousins just because he's been slandered to the point where sometimes the media gets into your veins, right? You see these stats or these primetime numbers and you think to yourself, is Kirk Cousins good or is he not good? New coach, Kevin O'Connell. I don't know if you know this. Uh, he took the Minnesota job because he wanted to work with Cousins specifically. He coached him in 2017 yeah. in Washington. That's also why Kurt got a year extension to his contract, right? They've got a new offensive coordinator, Wes Phillips, who's implementing a Ram-style offense, which I think is probably perfectly suited for Cousins because if that offense can suit Jared Goff and take him to the Super Bowl, what that means for Kirk Cousins is good things because I think Kirk Cousins is an upgrade to oh, yeah. Jared Goff, right? Oh, yeah. I think that's plays to Cousins' strengths immensely. Play action, very straightforward reads, pre-snap motion to take advantage of his accuracy, really good deep ball. And I, on top of that, you look at 2021, which I think people would say is a, was a bad year or, or a, um, um, like a, an unfortunate or surprisingly bad year for the Vikings. Obviously, Zimmer ends up getting fired because yeah. of it. Kirk Cousins still was a beast. 4,221 yards, 33 touchdowns, seven interceptions, 103.1 rating, Monster year with all of the governors on him. Like, Mike Zimmer was doing everything in his, in his power to hold Kirk Cousins back, and he still blew by that number. And so I think with Kevin O'Connell coming in, being able to change things up in Kirk Cousins' benefit to accentuate his skills instead of holding him back with just we run the ball and we play defense type of style, I think Cousins could end up being one of the top quarterbacks in the league statistically. 
Yeah, I think he could have a really good year. And I know the knocks are he can't win in prime time and this and that, but he is a very serviceable, and he's a pretty damn good quarterback. Like, you just read the stats. 33 touchdowns to just seven picks. He had under double-digit interceptions last year. He actually protected the football. And I think Mike Zimmer was the problem. I mean, Mike Zimmer was this defensive-minded head coach, yet the defense last year was brutal. Remember the game that they lose to the Lions? We talked about this a couple weeks ago when we started to talk about the Vikings, and they're playing red zone defense, and the corners are like seven yards off the line of scrimmage and they lose to the lions. And that was, I I believe that was Dan Campbell's first win in Detroit. It was, I think the Vikings had one of the worst. I think it was the worst fourth quarter stats in all of the NFL. Yeah. And that's the other thing with Kirk cousins, like, especially in those games against green Bay, I feel like you said this about big Ben earlier. There are a lot of games where Kirk is a little bit of a stat pattern, but I actually like that as far as just going over the 31 and a half touchdown passes where He'll struggle the first half, and then in the fourth quarter when they're down two scores and they're dropping back 30 times, that's when he really pads the stats. And last year, like, the reason that happened was because look at how many close games they were in. Eight of their nine losses were by eight points or fewer, which is one of the reasons I like them to go over their win total because easily, even if they win five of those games, they're in the playoffs. Um, Cousins had the fourth lowest percentage of inaccurate passes in the NFL, so he is a serviceable, really good quarterback. He threw 33 touchdown passes, and that was with Adam Thielen dinged up. He's going to be fully healthy this year. Justin Jefferson, I think, is going to take another leap year three. I love him. I think he could be the best receiver in this league. They're going to get better play out of the tight end position. Yes. They're going to be able to protect them. And like you said, Kevin O'Connell's now calling the play. So we know that they're going to be a lot more aggressive. I was looking at this. So like the Vikings, the last couple of years with Zimmer, they didn't really have an identity on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, I love Delvin Cook and he's still pretty young, even though he's dinged up every other year, I feel. But they're going to be a lot more aggressive this year. Like O'Connell's system, fourth and early down pass rate, meaning on first and second down, Cousins is going to drop back and throw the ball. They did that 56% of the time with O'Connell, and you figure he's going to run pretty much the same offense. Minnesota was at a, it was 26th in the league at a 49% clip. So I love the over. I like we're going to need uh, Jefferson and Thielen to stay healthy. Absolutely. And then we need like who's going to step up, though? Is it going to be K.J. Osborne? Or is it going to be Tyler Conklin? Because that's the other thing. They do need to figure out who that third receiver is. I I think it's Osborne. I I agree with you. He had 50 catches last year for 655 yards, seven touchdowns. He should probably get into double digits this year, I would expect. And I want to say closer to the end of the year, we got to see him really go off in a couple of these games where he ended up having monster, monster numbers to the point where I think people were even picking him up randomly on fantasy, right? I think he had... Yeah, he had one game. Th- oh. So, like, he it's not like he's getting a ton of targets or a ton of receptions, but he had uh, three receptions, 83 yards, and a touchdown. He had five receptions against the Rams in week 16, 68 yards, and long a long of 30, and then a touchdown. So the last three weeks of the season, he had touchdowns in all those games. In the last six weeks of the season, he had touchdowns in all of one all but one of those games. So I think as time went on, he started to become more of a focal point or another option for this offense. You know what's crazy is when Kirk Cousins is actually kept clean, like he throws from a clean pocket, these layup throws, like anything like five yards down the field from a clean pocket. He's been the best in the NFL since 2020. The problem with Minnesota is, and you wouldn't realize it because they have Delvin Cook, but the, the line wasn't very good last year is they uh, couldn't run the ball last year, and they faced the eighth-easiest schedule of defenses. And last year, they were one of the worst running teams in the National Football League. I expect the play action to be much better, the run game to be much better, because they're not just going to be running with Delvin Cook for two yards on first down. It'll be Cousins dinking and dunking a little bit. I think he throws 35 touchdown passes, 34-35 if he stays healthy. 100% doable. 
Paige, what would you do with Kirk Cousins? You're not a Washington fan. Would you, if you were, would you rather have Carson Wentz or Kirk Cousins? I mean, that's that's the layup, right? Cousins. Yeah. No, I think you guys have touched on it. I really think that Zimmer not being there anymore isn't being talked enough about. I think that relationship was toxic. I think the fresh start is going to do a lot for him. We know how great Justin Jefferson is, but Minnesota's offense, I mean, really is good, especially when they're healthy. When Dalvin Cook's healthy, they have that balance running the ball, throwing the ball. Yeah. Madison, too. And you got to love, too, if you're taking it over, that Cousins is going to play more than half his game indoors because he gets all the home games in Minnesota, he gets the game in Detroit, and then however many other games they get in a dome this season. So that obviously helps that you don't have to worry about weather for those games. I like the over, too. I'm with you guys. Cousins only has two primetime games as well this season for all the people (laughs) that take stock in that, that he has to play in Sunday or Monday. So I'm with you. All all signs are pointing to Cousins having a big year. He really is a good 1 o'clock Sunday Fox CBS quarterback. And I would take the over as well. I'm with you guys. I like the schedule a lot more, too. The eighth largest improvement of strength of schedule. They had the 10th hardest schedule of opponents in 2021. And again, they lost a lot of close games. So that's the reason I'm going over. Hate to do it because I hate the Vikings. Uh, But, man, I think Cousins could have a monster year if he stays healthy. And I like what they've done. I, you know, I like what they've done on the defensive side of the ball, so I expect them to be much better. And I don't hate the schedule for him. I mean, Green nine, Bay's secretary's nine, good. Nine 1 p.m. games. That's huge for him. That's yeah. when he shows up, when nobody's watching. Yeah. And Green Bay, other than Green Bay's secondary, I don't trust. We'll, we'll see what the Lions look like this year. they got a bunch of young dudes, though, that are going to have to step up. And then Chicago's starting two rookies. So he should abuse the Bears in those two matchups in Minnesota and in Chicago. So definitely like that play. I'm yeah, so me sick too. Of reels. Um, They're annoying as hell, man. Oh no! Oh no! Yeah, it's three zero Rangers as well. You wanted the you Rangers. You want to go out to Atlanta, right? Can we go out Let's to Atlanta? So Charlie Duran so, hit a home run, made it five four, and now you need one more from Uncle Charlie. For I need a one. I need one more strikeout, and they're on the horn. They're going to the bullpen. So we got uh, some. We got some movement in the pen right now. So let's go out live right now. Atlanta trails Boston five four. Don't care. All I need is one more strikeout from Charlie Morton here. But. First, Olsen will go to second for a force out and back to first double play. Wow, Fan didn't know whether to run or wind his watch. It was a hard one hopper. Olsen jumped for it, caught it, and then started to the first base bag, but instead went to second for the force out and then back to him. 3 6 3. About as quick as it comes right there. And he, yeah. he could have stepped on the bag, which is right by him. And then maybe they get Pham in a rundown, but that was a really heads-up play to immediately go down to second base and make that so much easier. That and the fact that Devers is quick running. Here's Bogarts, who has the fourth-best average in the American League. Bouncer over the mound, but there's Arcia. He's got it. Fires to first, and that'll end the inning, but not before the Red Sox get the lead back on a home run by Jaron Duran. That's pain right there. WCNN on the call. Atlanta Braves radio. Charlie Morton. Five strikeouts. I don't think he's going back out there at 80 pitches. Bullpen warming up. Not looking good. 
Luckily, luckily, the Blue Jays do have two on. Miami comes back. It's 2-1, and Braxton Garrett gives up another run. He's sitting there with just one strikeout, so that one's looking good. But Charlie Morton, I don't think he's coming back out there for that last one. When we come back, it's hour number three of the show. We are going to talk more Steelers because 15 minutes is just not enough for Mike Tomlin and the boys. BetMGM Tonight continues next.